Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Man. Oh, man. Oh, dude. Whew. How you guys doing? There's some fun faces I see in the crowd. Some people haven't been here in a while. I love seeing faces. This is awesome. This is what it looks like when most of our men are gone, or a lot of our men are gone, not most. There's still a lot of guys in the crowd. Um, I think a lot, I heard a lot of the men came back last night from the uh, men's retreat because it was super windy. Um, wow. Uh, can, I, can we just pray? You know, just, I just felt I was in my car this morning and just getting really just rocked by God. And Sometimes I'm just like, God, can we not do anything but just worship you? And so I, we're just going to worship for the rest of the time through a message, I guess, but I just felt, I just, it's on my heart to say this message, so it's, it's a good one, um, but let me just pray. Lord, help me. Father, we, we, we <laughs> I, just, I just keep hearing this phrase, Father, fill the room, fill the room. God, fill this courtyard. Fill it up, God. Fill it up in our hearts and our minds. God, fill this place with your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that all that worship, God, just just changes us, God. You don't need changing. We need changing, Father. We need, uh, we need to know who we are. We need to know that we're your beloved. We need to know that you're the one that you did everything for, that you bankrupted heaven, that you, you, you made one of the, maybe an easy and completely hard decision in giving your son so that we could be here with you. There's now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, that's a beautiful thing, God. God, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for what that did for us, God. And so, Father, I just pray your Holy Spirit would just, just ride in these words that you'd lead us and guide us in this journey, on this adventure in your word and in your, in your kingdom, Lord, that you teach us and you'd be the teacher. <laughs> Lord, we don't, we don't lift up pastors and leaders up on pedestals here, God, that you are the one on the pedestal today, God, that we would learn and we would grow through the worship leaders and the other leaders that you've put in, in our past, Father, but you are the one we lift up and we raise up, Father. We honor all people and all leaders in the rightful place, God, but for you, Lord, you are on the pedestal, God. You're on the throne of our hearts, God. Ha, <laughs> oh. Just put your hand on your heart right now. Say, God, you're on the throne of my heart. Yeah, so just tell him, you got me. (laughs) Amen. 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 Oh, man. Just close my eyes and let's go to heaven. (laughs) Um, Hey, good morning. I'm really excited for this word. We've We've been doing presence groups since January's. I think a lot of you guys were in presence groups. We have over 130 people in a presence group. These are house-centered groups that, uh, that meet weekly, and they're based on discipleship, meaning training you up to be a Christian. I feel like I got to compete with a 500 horsepower. Um, but, man, honestly, we're, we're, we're in the business of making disciples, you and me. We're all in the business of making disciples. And so, and, I, and I, mean, I, was, I was really encountered, but when we went through this little recent thing on silence and solitude, this idea of being quiet before the Lord. And, um, and it's, been, it's been wrecking me because I'm not a silent person. And I'm not a solitude kind of person. 
Let's just laugh at that, right? Um, and so it's been really pressing on me. It's been a journey God's taken me on before that just because when you're so far in one direction, God sometimes likes to take you out of that direction. And Anyway, so he's been really, really just impressing on my heart. Like, Jesse, you need to learn how to be alone. You need to learn how to get quiet. You need to learn how to not get nervous when there's nobody else in the room. And um, so we're going to hit on that a little bit this morning. But, but really what we're going to talk about is... Uh, is what happens um, when we get into dry places with the Lord. When we don't hear his voice as clearly, when we don't experience all the, 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 the bubblies in our hearts, <laughs> like I'm experiencing right now. You know, I, someone, someone once recently came to me and says, I recently came to your church and I just, I love it. I'm like, why do you love it? She says, well, it's such a happy church. <laughs> She's like, I'm coming back next week. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> we're not, we're going to preach it on sadness. <laughs> but, but you know, like I never want to, I don't, I don't want to apologize for being a joy-filled church. I never want to apologize for being the happiest person in the room. And there's a funny thing in different aspects of Christianity and, and different I don't know, denominations and just different groups you can get in when there's a celebration of sorrow and there's a celebration of brokenness and there's a celebration of, uh, of hardship and dryness and in this dark night of the soul and walking through the desert and we can incorrectly celebrate something and we do it not out of a, not out of a wrongness, wrong heart, but it's a heart that we want to celebrate what we're going through. And so I want to dig in this a little bit. I want to get our teeth in this. The reality is I love that we are a happy church. You know, the Bible says, I think it's Psalm 1611, says, in the presence of God, there is a fullness of joy. Well, pa- Pastor, joy doesn't mean happiness. Joy is, is something totally, no, it, it means happiness. <laughs> joy is so beyond happiness. Joy is beyond laughter and 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 and. and and all the other um, manifestations, joy is so much bigger. You're right. Jo- joy has nothing to do with happiness in the, in the context. Joy is it's an inside job. It's, a, it's massive. It's a, it's a feeling that we get when we're fulfilled. And, and nothing matters in this world except his love and desire for our hearts. Right? That's joy. And in his presence is the fullness. So don't, don't ever argue with me or try to tell me that in the presence of God, sometimes is not joy. It's, it's God. It's joy. He is the man joy. There, there's a beautiful church I used to go to, and I love it to death, and people used to accuse them of being like Disneyland. They're like, oh, you're just like Disneyland. Everything's, your dreams come true, and you're always happy and stuff. And, <laughs> and honestly, the church is like, hallelujah. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> Right? Dreams fulfilled are trees of life, but hope deferred makes the heart sick. So I want to be a place where dreams come true. Uh, right? That, that's what the, what the Bible says, that you're, there's a tree of life, Jesus. When your dreams are coming true, Jesus digs his roots a little deeper in you. Why? Because, it's, because when you're really following him, his dreams are your dreams, and your dreams are his dreams, and you can't tell the difference sometimes. So listen, I, I love that we can, we can somehow identify with Disneyland. 
right? Come on, like, right? The impossible happens at Disneyland, right? Like the Imagineers, right? They're making impossible things come to life. And that's Jesus, right? Nothing's impossible with God, nothing. Here's the rub. What happens when Disneyland closes? What happens when you have to go to, if, when you go to Disneyland, you have to wear a mask and you're not having fun anymore? I mean, like, listen, what happens when, when the rides stop working? What happens to your faith? Amen? Come on, this is where we're going today. Let's do this. All right, so, so listen, I believe in the prosperity gospel. We need to attach faith to prospering. What I'm not going to preach about is we need to attach a faith to a dry season. I want to attach my faith to the truth in the Bible, Right? So there is, there's truth. Uh, uh, I think it's First John. It says that, it says, may you prosper as your soul prospers. So there is a call that you're called to prosper in every situation. There's no call on your life that maturity means being dry. He doesn't say, I'm going to become more real to you and the fountain dries up. And the water act that I have actually leaves you thirsty. No, he says, the water I have, you will never thirst again. So there is a very beautiful thing that we attach our faith to the abundance and the beauty and the joy of God. Amen? Come on. But the reality is we're in a fallen world. We're in a world where stuff happens that you don't want it to happen that way. And you've prayed your best prayers, your best shakalakas. And you've, 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 you've done warring tongues in the, in the closet, right? And it still doesn't work out the way you wanted it to. There's people in this that have prayed for you know, healings in their necks and their bodies and they're in pain probably right now and they wake up tired and they're still here. And, and you don't have an answer. Things happen. So I want to I I dig into a couple scriptures and then go through some really good practicals too. But, let's, but the theme of this morning is walking through trials that sometimes leave you dry, where you don't hear his voice. You can't hear, you, your emotions don't come up. Right now, just how many of you guys in the past, let's just call it six months, have walked through a season. This could be a couple hours. It could be an hour. It could be a day. It could be this whole six months. Have been in a place where God didn't sound very, he, he wasn't speaking to you. You didn't hear him. Um, you didn't feel his presence because he was there, but you didn't feel his presence. You were just in a dry spell of some sort. Raise your hand. You ever been in that in the last six months? Come on, that's right. Amen. So some is for you guys. Some of you guys, you're going to go through this. So let's, let's, let's dive into Hebrews uh, 10.36. 10.36, I'll just read this and we're going to take a bigger chunk out. But 10.36 says, For you have need of endurance. Say Endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. I love it, right? There's a reward. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. So literally, when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what was promised. For you have need of endurance. Why do we have need for endurance? Right? Why? Well, let's find out. Let's, let's back up a little bit. Um, we're going to jump into verse 32, Hebrews 10, 32. If you want to get your word out. I'm, I believe I, I pulled this section out of the... I think it was the New Living Translation if you want to do that. So if it sounds a little different, that's okay. All right. You guys ready? <laughs> I'm having all sorts of enjoyment up here. I'm preaching about dryness and I'm not dry. Come on now. Um. <laughs> all right, verse 32. You guys with me? All right. Remember those early days. This is Paul in the book of Hebrews talking to the, 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 to, to the people. Remember those early days. 
after you had received the light when you endured in great conflict full of suffering. Listen to that. Remember those early days. So he's talking to the people. He says, remember those days? Remember that time? You received the light. You got filled up. You, you saw the light. Remember the light is Jesus. He is the light. When you endured in great conflict full of suffering. He's talking to Christians. And he's not talking down to them. Sometimes, verse 33, sometimes you are publicly exposed to insult and persecution. And other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. Isn't that beautiful? Sometimes it was you. Sometimes you stood with that person that was. Whoo. Oh, that was that blessed me. And other times you stood by side, side by side with those who were treated. Verse 34, you suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. Isn't that amazing? These Christians had stuff taken away from them. For some reason, maybe it was their faith, maybe it was how they lived, maybe that they refused to do something because of, and they're, they're, can you imagine today getting your possessions taken away because you're a Christian, because you believe something, because you spoke out about something? I don't know. It just, it's possible, right? Maybe your Instagram got shut down because you preached Jesus a little bit too loudly and I don't know, it could happen. And yet, and yet, and yet he's saying, he says, he says, remember those early days when you endured in such a great conflict of suffering. All right, this is great. Verse 35. So, everybody say, so. <laughs> say, do not. Do not throw away your confidence. Woo! Come on, extra credit. All right, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. It will be richly rewarded. This is the Bible. I love this. I read this, and I was just like, this is awesome. I don't remember reading this translation. It will be richly rewarded. Verse 36, you, will, you need to persevere. What we read before, you have need of endurance. That's what it's saying here. You need to persevere so that, say so that. Say so that. Come on. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Woo! Come on, Christians, let's do this. Verse 37, for in a little while, for just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Dude, we just stop there. I'm full. Come on. <laughs> I love scripture because it does all the preaching for you. And so I really, honestly, I, when, I, when we go into this, I'm gonna, we're going to keep going on this theme, but I was praying with the Lord, and I think about our church, and I think about our family, this community that I try not to think that we're better than everybody else, because I don't, I, I don't really know that that's true. That's an assumption. It's a, it's a judgment. But in my heart, <laughs> in my heart, I'm like, we got something good going here. I'm hearing the stories of you guys having relational conflict and going through hard places and coming out without offense in your heart, and I'm like, we got something good going here. We're, we're going through difficult things, and we're walking through them with rejoicing at the end. But I also recognize that if, if we're not careful, if we're known as the happy church, 
that, that literally has built a foundation on happiness and happy times and joy. But we don't have a balance to recognize when someone comes into our community, or maybe you are that person and you're having a dry season or you're not hearing God and you're not the one laughing in a service. If we, can't, if we can't honor the season that people are going through in that hard place, if we can't create a safe place for people to do that and not feel out of place or wrong or condemned because they're not laughing as loud as you are, if we can't create that balance in this place, then we're going to alienate a lot of people. Wow. And not all of us are mature to sit there without laughter in our hearts knowing that we're going through a really beautiful season and be okay with the person laughing next to us. I'm going to cry right now. You see the importance of this? Do you see the power? That we can't, you, you have to be mature Christians. Maturity doesn't mean you lose your joy and your, your bubbliness and your child like this. That's not maturity, but maturity is knowing, knowing that there's, there's seasons. And, and everybody's season looks different. You see, I love that we can walk through with, with other people that are going through. John of the Cross has this, this thing that he's, he's kind of coined. He's an old mystic, and he calls it the dark night of the soul and the dark night of the spirit. And I'm taking a master's class right now in, um, uh, in leadership, and it's, it's awesome. It's, got a, it's out of Vanguard, so it's all about God, too, which makes me really happy. Um, and so we're doing these really long four-hour Zoom classes, and hallelujah, I had need for endurance. And... Uh, and, and, and one of this class is on spiritual formations. And I, I might share more throughout the season of, of, you know, aspects of the classes and stuff. But it's, I'm hearing all about the dark night of the soul and dryness. And, and um, it, there's, I, I don't mean to placate what things are, people are going through. But in my mind, I'm looking at the scriptures they're using. And it's all the Old Testament. They're talking about, about, about David in the Psalms praying about dryness and praying about, Oh, Father, where are you? Where have you left me? And we're, we're talking about this stuff. In my heart, I'm thinking, and then the, the one scripture they use for the New Testament is when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's, and, he's, and he's sweating blood, right? And he's all, you know, if there's any, he's like, where, you know, and on the cross, Father, why have you forsaken me? And the reality is he didn't forsake him. He didn't leave him. God didn't have to leave Jesus while he, while he died for sin because God's not afraid of sin. And yet I got to keep my heart soft because there's a real thing here, that there's a real reason that, pe- that there, there is a thing called the dark night of soul in the sense that people go through this stuff. It's real. And, and there's some hurting and painful things that we walk through. And sometimes we walk through it because of something we did. Just the theology we, we honored in our hearts and our lives that wasn't Jesus. And yet, so we walk through a hard season, not because we had to. You look at the Israelites, they didn't have to walk through another 40 years in the desert. It was their unbelief towards what God wanted to do in the promised land that caused them to go back into the desert. And I'm not even trying to condemn anybody here if if that's you. Like, listen, like God's plan for you is way bigger than a couple mistakes. Did the Israelites get to the promised land? Hallelujah! They made it. You will make it too. 
But there's also another reality that we live in a world where even if you go all in for love, you still might get hurt. Jess and I are on this journey of uh, fostering and adopting, and we had these two just beautiful little uh, Hispanic kids about a year and a half ago, two years ago, and they came into our life, and the, the, uh, the county said, these two, are there, there's a good chance you'll get to adopt them. And we're like, let's go. Come on. I love babies. Let's adopt some babies. Two at a time. Why not? So we went all in and we're like, because you don't go half in with babies and like you just got to give them all the attachment and love and the tenderness. And we went all in and, and, and it, it, it slowly became real to us that these two babies were going to go back to their parents eventually. And when you go all in and love, some of you guys have loved really well and you still walked away with some pain and some hurt and some sorrow. And you know what? That's love. Love goes all in. It believes all. It sacrifices all. It takes no records of wrong. It, it doesn't try to defend itself. Love just goes for it. And sometimes on the other side of it, man, like, what did you do, God? And he's up there saying, I'm God and you're not. And you don't know what happened, Jesse. Now, I'm glad they went back to their parents because I think that's the better route for most kids in the system. But you just got to recognize, sometimes we go through hard seasons because of something you did wrong. You didn't listen. You were stubborn. You were prideful. All that fun stuff we're getting purified of. And sometimes you go through the season because somebody else did something. And you just don't know why. And to ask that question too many times, it's just not fruitful. It's just better to go, God, I thank you for your mercy, and I'm so thankful for your grace. So I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about the hope of where we do where we do put our faith. Where are we looking at? Because I don't focus on dryness. I don't focus on, on wells that run dry. I focus on the well that never runs dry. I focus on the, the, the emotional God that he has. The taste and see that I am good. <laughs> right? Like, he's like the anti-COVID symptom, right? Like, <laughs> he's like, listen, you're not losing your senses with me, buddy. Like, taste and see that I'm good. Like, I'm full of flavor. I am full of sensation. <laughs> but I want to say, so our, our, our hope is... Our hope is not in the dry seasons. Our hope is in the man Jesus. Our theology is Jesus. Our theology is in our past. It's not somebody else's past. It's not in a good author that you read that talked about his past or her past. Our hope is in Jesus. It's not in Disneyland emotions. It's in Jesus. It's in the, it's in the scripture that you find, the, the life of Christ, that in any season at all, he reached out and touched the paralytic and they were healed instantly. Why did they come to him? Not because he had dry places. They came to him because he had abundant life. And so listen, I don't see God leaving you anytime soon. I don't see his presence leaving you anytime soon. He's not looking for a silent session with you. He's not trying to play the silent game with you. He's just not going there. And yet you might come to a place where you don't hear his voice. Can you understand that? Okay. time is it by the way after worship my watch my uh, siri did something really beautiful 
she goes, she has a little, little alert and says, you're off to a great start. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, honey, look, we're off to a great start. Hallelujah. <laughs> Squirrel. Sorry. Ah. Oh. I like it. Sometimes the Lord whispers to draw you in. I like it. We're going to get there. I love it. That's a great word. You're being all prophetic now. <laughs> I want to read one more, one more scripture, and then we'll dive into a little bit more of where I want to go for the solution in the second half. Um, 2 Corinthians 4. Um, I'm just going to read it just... And then 8 through 9, then we're going to jump into 16, so we're going to skip a little bit. But he says, we are hard-pressed on all sides, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. That's that thing, right? Like, God, what do you, why did you do this? What's going on? What's going on? I don't know. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but not forsaken. I've been struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Verse 16 now says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. In the natural, you see things happening to me, maybe. Yet inwardly, I'm being renewed day by day. Isn't that good? Can you just think think of the Christians back in the day, like things are taken from their persecuted. Paul's in prison, and he says, outwardly I might be in prison, but inside I'm being renewed day by day. I'm going from strength to strength. It says, for your light, say your light. Actually, it says for our light, but we know what we're talking about. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Wow. Verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I'm going to read that again. For our, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So what can we do when we have these dry places, when we have times of suffering, of, of, uh, of things where we don't get the bubblies, when we don't get the emotional effect we thought we'd get when we come in to pray, when we read the Word and it doesn't pop off the page and fill us with faith, what do we do when it feels droll, dry, whatever, right? You can tell me I'm not alone in this. And so I want to chat a couple of really practical things and, um, and then we'll, we'll be done. Um, number one, I felt really important what can we do as a community? Because this is what I'm after. I'm after family. I'm thinking DNA of the church, culture, all that stuff. Number one, we can honor the trials and the dry places that people are walking through. We don't honor them as the destination for them. Right? It's not, oh, 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 Brother Patrick, I'm so sorry you're going through this. It'll never get better, so I'm just going to sit next to your side and, uh, and just trudge through it with you. No, no, it's brother, man. I'm... Let's worship him. Let's fix our eyes on the one who is eternal. Amen? So we can honor the 
the struggle. We can honor the path that God's taking each individual. Life. We got to honor it some. We got to let them know it's okay. You're not broken. You're not a. You're not a screw up. You're not a. You're not a reject. You're God's beloved, and you're walking through something that I wouldn't choose for you, and I don't know that God would choose it for you, but He's walking you through it. What is that? Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, just keep walking, and you'll get out. Right? Like, just don't stop. Just keep walking. Don't camp out in the valley of shallow. <laughs> but it's still just a shadow. So number one, it, it's, and, and also, by the way, if you know someone that's walking through a difficult place, whatever they want to, whatever it looks like, dark one day, dark night, dark month, dark season, you don't have to fix it. It's not your job to fix it for them. Right? So just be careful in your helpful nature and your, your kind pastoring heart. Like, just love them in it. Just, just do what Jesus does. Grab them by the neck and draw them in and say, I'm with you. And you might have some words of wisdom for them. And if they ask for it or if it's appropriate, I say go for it. But don't try to fix people. All right, that's all I want to say about that. Okay, number two, what can we do when you come to these places? Take advantage of it. Wait, what? Take advantage of a dry, take advantage of a sacra, of a, of a hard thing? Yeah, absolutely. Take advantage. Use it as an invitation into God's heart. See, God is, God is full of invitations. Whether he's inviting you to Disneyland or he's inviting you to a closed Disneyland. There's an invitation. I've stood in a river fly fishing and I've caught nothing for hours and hours. And I could have sat there grumbling and upset or I could say, wow. I've got all this free time standing in a river that's just like your rushing river for me. And I just get filled up with them. And I, I caught nothing, but I, I took advantage of the season that I was in. And I found what he wanted me in. It's like, it's like my brother here was saying, like, if you don't hear his voice, maybe there's an invitation to, to quiet your own voice. Maybe there's an invitation to get away from the noise so that you can actually hear what he's saying. So there's always an invitation. And so if you're going through trials and persecutions, there's an invitation to draw close to him. And so the next one, there's a, I want to say, is this idea of, of, of um, solitude and silence. I'm not the one to preach on solitude and silence. I won't pretend I am. Um, but I know enough to say we need this. And what I mean by silence and solitude is, listen, this is something we could all do, whether you're going through that season or not, is that when you're going through a season, you may not hear him, you may not feel him, and so oftentimes we stop coming to him. See, many have fallen away from the faith because of these seasons. I actually know a lot of people that were on fire for God, and now they're not. And not just not on fire, but they're atheists, or they want nothing to do with him. And it, it breaks my heart. And I don't really know how they all got that way, but I know a few of them. I've seen the journey. And the journey looks like this. Is I was on fire for God. People were getting healed. I was prophesying. I was doing all these words of knowledge. It was awesome. And then something shifted and changed in my life, and I didn't hear him as clearly. And people stopped getting healed. And, and I stopped getting the bubblies. And I stopped doing this. And a few friends of mine stopped calling me. And just there's a series of things that happens in their life. And I don't know why it happens, but they come to a place of dryness. And the foundation that they had of all that other stuff was gone. And they didn't learn that God was in the stillness and he was in the silence and he was in the inactivity. 
And so as a community, gosh, my heart, my, I, I want all the bubblies. But my heart is that we could sit with him in silence with none of it. Why? Because we love him. Because we're not in it for us. We're not in it to make us feel better. We're in it for the adoration of a king that gave everything for me. And so I just can't help but sit. I can't help but sit at his feet while Martha's running around making sandwiches. I just want to sit at your feet, Jesus. I don't need to please you. I just want to sit. I don't, you don't, I don't, need, to be, I don't need any of that. I just want to sit at your feet and I just, want to, I just want to be your son. And I'll never fall away because my only expectation is that I'm your son. Come on. I got to listen to David Hogan recently, and one of the things that captured me about this man was not all the crazy miracles, but it was that he endured weeks and months of pain and suffering. He said at one point, I think six out of seven organs were failing, and he refused to go to the hospital. I'm not saying this is for you. I'm saying he refused to go to the hospital, and his mom and his wife were in there daily praying for him and fasting for him. He refused to go. So he sat in this place of darkness and he says, listen, if you want to come in, you can, but don't expect me to say anything. And he's learned to sit in this place with God. And he, and he, and he knows that God didn't cause this and all this stuff, but he sat there. And at the other end of this, when he got out and got better and he was healed, he went right back into doing the works of God. He didn't fall away. Why? Because he had cultivated a thing in him, a heart that didn't require a bunch of activity to know that he's a Christian. Does that make sense? And that wrecked me. It just convicted me all and wrecked me. I'm like, I want to be that kind of Christian, God. And you get that by getting rid of all the activity you're getting alone. You get alone in your room. You put your phone somewhere else. And you, and you maybe take your watch off too if that's causing you to stumble. And you sit with him. I, I do need to know what time it is though. Whoa. <laughs> Thanks. See, faith grows so deep in times of drying, if you stay in the pursuit. I'm going to say it again because a good friend of mine said this. Faith grows so deep in times of drying if you stay in the pursuit, if you don't lose heart, if you stay in endurance. Your faith will actually grow in those times that can't grow in any other time. And I love this. My, my friend said she... Well, it was Tiffany. I'm just going to say it. She's an amazing worship leader and worshiper. And so this comes out of the heart of Tiff. And I just, I literally said, Tiffany, what should I tell people? Because <laughs> she embodies this. And she says, I know this pleases the heart of God when your faith is bigger than a feeling. I know this pleases the heart of God when your faith, what you believe to be real in heaven, not in the scene room, in the, when it's bigger than a feeling. Don't give up. Don't just endure, but give chase. But give chase. The one that pursues you wants to be pursued. And sometimes the chase just looks like 
closing the door when you're alone. The chase just likes seeking him in the silence, in the prayer, in the worship, in the time alone. Like, I, I don't know what it looks like for you. So just get on your face in these times. Get on your face. You spend time with him. Your time with God where you feel no emotion flowing out of your excitement or flowing out of emotion or excitement, it can be the times when love is truly cultivated. Let me say it again. When you come to him and there's no emotion or excitement, that's when love can truly be cultivated at such a deep place when you ask for nothing in return. It's the agape love, not the eros love, right? It's not the eros love that seeks affection and, and, and sensuality and romanticism. It's the agape love where I need nothing from him. I only want to give him me. I just want to sit at his feet. Right? Come on, I got quiet because I know your hearts are grabbing it, right? Like, is that, am I, give me a nod. Like, come on. It is during these dry times when God will take you deeper into love. Every other lover and avenue of care and affection is stripped away when you have to fully rely on just him. Some of you people do a lot of this silent alone time, and you're just like, yes, yes, yes. Some of you guys are like, oh, Lord, let it not be. <laughs> this is what, why do we have whole theologies around a dark night of the soul? Why? Because when we get in those places and we meet Jesus, the fruit is so incredible that I have to write a book about it. Why do you think of like, why, I asked a couple of people like, when do you feel the closest to God? You know what they both said? And these are mature leaders. They said, when I feel broken. Because God is near the brokenhearted. So there's a trueness, there's a realness that when you're at your worst, when you sinned and fell and, and you made a big mess and you hurt someone or whatever, like in those moments, you're like, God, I need you. I've got nothing. I'm a miserable failure. And God's like, I'm near to the brokenhearted. And he's so close. He's right there. He's speaking to you loud and clear. And you're like, this is my faith. But that's not what he calls us to. He calls us to give out. He calls us to be a light to the world. And if you're on the curb broken and, and blood is pouring out of you, <laughs> if you're that person on the side of the road that the Samaritan comes and helps, you've got nothing to give. You want to be the Samaritan. You want to be the one that's overflowing with abundant life. The woman at the well that ran and said, let me tell you about the person that, that told me all about my life. You want to be that one. Amen? But sometimes you're, you're the woman at the well before Jesus. Sometimes you're that one that just needs a touch from God because I feel broken. And that's okay. Woo! But it's not where we're going. Amen? It's not where our faith is attached to. I got sh to share this quote. It says, choose agape love instead of eros, that romantic felt love. It's in these seasons that true agape love is formed in us if you let it. It gives us moments on this side of eternity to love him without a hook. I love that. 
without a give me mentality, without an Eros love, without a my next high. I'll be real with you guys. Sometimes when I get in silence, not as much anymore because I've been, I've been practicing. But I remember I'd get into silence with him and I'd get nervous. Have you guys ever get nervous when you get quiet and alone with him? Turn the worship music off. <laughs> I mean it though. Turn it off. Not even the soaking music. Just turn it all off. Put the kids in four other rooms or something. Pure silence. I know. I know. I, get, I got nervous. I didn't know what to do. I lasted like three minutes, guys. <laughs> I don't think, think I got some. I got some encouragement from the front row. Thanks, Janice. Listen, but I, honestly, but three minutes turned into four, turned into ten, and, and now I reset that timer to twenty. You know, I'm like, come on, let's do it again, God. I, I don't know how you're going to do it. I, I'm not in charge of you. But man, when you practice this, it, the fact that I, 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 was, I was nervous, it, it gave me a whole lot of good information. Amen? Well, that's good information, God. <laughs> so practice this. Uh, um, there's, a, there's a woman named Jean Guyon. Guyon? Guyon? I'm going to mess this up. I'm looking at Tiffany. Goyon? Guyon? I don't know. Anyway, Madam Guyon, she wrote a book and... Uh, um, Actually, my, my brother-in-law, James, let me use his. And it's called Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ. I'm like, man, you want to write a book for me? It's that book. Like, just, I don't care what you put in it. Like, I'll read it if that's the title. And I was like, I, was like, I want this book. I don't know what's in it. And there's a quote in there. It says, Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ. Oh, sorry, that's not the quote. That's the title. It says, um, Do not turn to prayer hoping to enjoy spiritual delights. Now, hear the heart in this, okay? Don't switch off because it doesn't match your theology, all right? <laughs> Only because I do that sometimes. All right. Don't turn to prayer hoping to enjoy spiritual delights. Rather, come to prayer totally content to receive nothing or to receive a great blessing from God's hand. Whichever should be your Heavenly Father's will for you at that time, this will enable you, let me say it again, this will enable you to live close to God in times of sadness as well as in times when you're being comforted by God. Isn't that beautiful? Don't come to Him. And I just, this rocked me, you guys. You mean come for nothing? Listen, I don't sit down with my wife putting all this performance needs on her. I come to her just because I love the heck out of her. I like being around her. We could be silent, and I just still like, I don't, I don't know, I hope we aren't always silent, but I could be, and I need nothing from her. And that is where the love is really cultivated. I don't want to say only, because I don't want to, I don't negate your relationship with him, but this is, this is a place that God wants to cultivate in us. And if, he, and if he can't cultivate it because you have not let him cultivate it, you're not going to be in very good shape when persecution comes. 
Because when persecution comes, when trials come, when they take away your property or your friend's property, and you need to sit in that place of stillness with that person or you're that person, you need to be able to come to them and say, you can take whatever you want. I've got Jesus. And he's more than enough. You want my money? Take my money. I've got him. And I've learned that he is actually enough. He's not just a good worship song. He's actually enough for me. I'm going to end with this last point here. Lastly is we can surround ourselves with people that can speak truth to us in these dry seasons. The last thing you need when you're going through a hard desert season and you don't feel him, you don't hear him, the last thing you need is someone to leave you alone. The last thing you need is someone to sympathize with you and say, oh, Sister Penny, I've been there too. You'll get through it on your own. Maybe. I didn't, I didn't get through it, and so you might not either, but just know God's good. When we get to heaven, death's your salvation, so... Uh, We'll have Jesus in heaven. No, no, no. We can have Jesus today. Though sorrow may last for the night, joy comes in the... It's coming. Your job in, in that season is to let God pursue you, to let him love you, and give him a little chase. Close the door behind you. Set that timer for two minutes. Uh, whatever you can handle an hour, two hours, and, and, and let him woo you in with his whisper. And, if you're, and, and, and let other people walk with you. Let them into that. Listen, if you can't be honest with a few individuals in your life, you have not built a healthy environment for yourself. And this is why it's important for our community to have a value for these seasons, maybe for ourselves or for others. Because you need to be a safe place when they say, hey, Hey, Alicia, I'm just, honestly, how, you ask how I'm doing? I'm feeling dry. I'm feeling a little dry lately. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not condemned by it. I'm just, it's just where I'm at. And she says, well, how can I pray for you? I just pray for his mercy and his grace to overtake me all the days of my life. I don't know, something like that. I don't have good words for this stuff. I just know he does. So, be a friend to people in this. If you're that person, reach out to people. Don't be silent. Don't go down. Listen, the, the other avenue is depression. It's atheism. It's suicide. It's, it's isolationism instead of solitude. Solitude is, is time spent alone with God. Isolation is spent a time with yourself. All right. All right, I'm going to stop here. I want, to, I want to finish with Romans 12. Wow. Why don't you stand with me? I, we, just, we need to shift our body positions. Listen, I promise I'm not going to make you cheer and shout for Jesus at the end of this because I think there's a real tender place that God's taken us to. And I want to honor that, that literally the tender places sometimes create the lasting change. But I'm going to read this over you, Romans 12, uh, uh, 11. It says this, and if you want to close your eyes, if you want to put a hand in your heart, this is good. It says this. It says, he's saying, now this. Remember, he's saying this from prison. He says, now this, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. 
And then it says, it says, be joyful in hope, be patient in affliction, and be faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Be joyful in hope, be patient in affliction, and be faithful in prayer. Father, I, we are your people and we are called. And if there's people in here right now that you're going through a tough season, maybe it's dry, maybe it's just filled with trials and he's in it with you, but it's just hard. I don't, I don't know what you're going through, but if that's you, I don't need you to raise your hand. Jesus already knows. He knows your heart. You can raise it for him if you want. But I just want to speak to that right now. That he is a faithful father. And it says this, it says, but in all, he is too good to not withhold himself from us for long. Though we may think it's long, he will always reward those who diligently seek him, always. And the wait is always worth it. That was actually a quote, not in the Bible. Was, that was Tiffany again. <laughs> I'm going to read it again, though, because I love it. But in it all, he is too good to not withhold himself from us for long. Though we may think it's long, he will always reward those who diligently seek him. Always. And the wait is always worth it. So I want to prophesy that the season will end. That joy is coming. That breakthrough is here. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church. 